Well, I'm really excited uh, to have Martha Unger speak to us today. Um, I love when we ask someone to come and share something, and they're immediately like, yes, I'll, I'll do that. And she was one of those. Now, she's my sister-in-law, so, um, you know, bonus points to you, I guess, <laughs> or bonus points to me. I'm not sure which way that goes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But uh, Martha has a real passion um, for this uh, conversation around mental health, and she has some great training and so I'm just really thankful that you're willing to come and share what, uh, what you've learned and the, from the experiences that you've had. So she's already here, but why don't you give her a hand for coming up. Good, mor- good afternoon, everybody. Everybody makes that mistake this service, right? It's afternoon. Um, it's good to be here. Um, my name is Martha Unger, as Ike was just saying. I am, I've been at this church for many, many years, since I was five. I'm not going to do the math for you, but it's been a few years now. Um, I'm married to Bill Unger. We've got a wonderful boy, Colby. Um, I've been involved in this church in various different capacities. Right now, I am serving as the church uh, representative for the board of directors at, uh, at the bridge. Um, check it out. They've got some good stuff going on there. Uh, Several years ago, I decided to go back to school, and I graduated first with my Bachelor of Social Work and then my uh, Master's of Social Work with a focus on mental health. And uh, I was blessed to have or get a job soon after I graduated uh, doing some adult mental health stuff, um, counseling, therapy, that that, uh, sort of thing. And uh, from there, I moved on to the Regional Children's Center uh, where I do children's mental health right now. Um, And so that means counseling, therapy, uh, and I also do some crisis work. Um, Like the stats were saying that we just saw, many, many kids with mental health uh, stuff don't get the help that they need. Um, And one of the big, big reasons why that is is many moms and dads just don't don't know where to go. Uh, So I'm gonna take a minute and just talk about what we do at at RCC, the Regional Children's Center. Um, We've got outpatient, which means kids come in and see a counselor therapist for about an hour every week. We've got different groups, um, both for kids and moms and dads. We've got uh, inpatient, which which means the kids come and spend the day with us. Uh, So it's a whole day of treatment, five days a week. And we also have a residential program uh, where the kids come and actually live with us for, uh, it's five days a week. And, um, and so it's some pretty intense treatments, treatment for the kids. My role there is, I've got several different roles. Um, first of all, I do, I work in the uh, brief treatment program, which means I do uh, therapy with the kids for up to six weeks. And I see kids for various different issues. Um, I see a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, um, help kids with mom and dad divorcing, um, helping kids with anger or behavioral issues at home or school. Um, those types of stuff. And I also work in crisis, and uh, I work in the walk-in clinic. Uh, We've got a walk-in clinic five days a week, and um, I see the kids for about an hour. It's the one session for about an hour, and we tackle a wide variety of things. Mom and dad, sometimes the school, brings the kids in for a crisis event, right? And uh, some of the topics I see is, um, Uh, Maybe there's been a death in the family. I recently saw a young girl who had just been assaulted. Um, A wide variety of different things. And uh, what most of these kids and teens have in common is uh, most of them have had some passive suicidal ideations. Um, And so we take care of that. Uh, We address that and make sure, I make sure the kids are safe to go home. 
Um, I also work in the emergency room, and uh, this is for uh, extreme crisis. Um, sometimes the police brings them in, sometimes the ambulance brings them in, sometimes mom and dad bring them in, um, and there's, uh, they're in pretty big crisis. Most of these kids have either attempted or are about to attempt a suicidal event or a homicidal event. And so as you can imagine, these kids, uh, the right treatment for these kids is really, really important. Um, so I do a lot of consulting with the uh, psychiatrist and the ER doctors just to point these kids in the right direction and uh, give them the treatment that they need. Um, so people sometimes ask me, is uh, children's mental health challenging? Um, yeah, it can be. It can be hard to listen to all of these stories, but I have a lot of hope for the kids with mental health stuff. Also, have a lot of hope for the adults with their own mental health stuff. There's such good treatment and help available for, for everybody. So my goal today, as Ike was saying, is just to bring a lot of information about mental health. It's a really big, broad topic, so I'm just going to touch on a little bit. Um, so I want to bring information. And second of all, my goal is just to paint a picture of hope. There's so much going, good going on in the mental health world. So mental health, there's been a whole lot of buzz about it. What is it? What is it that we're talking about? So when we talk about mental health, we're talking about, very simply, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions, our behaviors. When all of these things are going well, uh, we say that we have mental health. And um, taking care of our mental health is just as important as taking care of our, our physical, physical body. So on the flip side, what is mental illness? We talked about mental health, what is mental illness? Um, so our mental health is our thoughts, feelings, and our actions, and these things start in our brain. They're created within our brain. And so a mental illness, very simply, is an illness that affects the brain, which affects our thoughts, feelings, and actions, very simply. There are many different types of mental illnesses, uh, they have different symptoms, just like physical illnesses have symptoms, mental health, mental illnesses also have symptoms, and they affect different people in different ways. In the course of a lifetime, not everyone is going to have a mental illness, but everybody is going to experience a mental health challenge. Just like physically, sometimes we might be uh, diagnosed with a disease or an illness, um, but not everybody. But everybody is going to struggle with physical challenges from time to time. We might catch a cold, might sprain our ankle, um, and the same applies to our, our mental health. Some of us are going to be diagnosed with a mental illness, and some of, all of us are going to be challenged with our mental health, health from time to time. So just some examples of mental illnesses uh, that are diagnosed. Uh, we've got our mood disorders, which include the anxieties and the depressions and so forth. We've got the uh, schizophrenias, the different, the different variations, um, different personality disorders, and the list goes on and on. We also have uh, just examples of mental health challenges. I think we can all figure this one out. Um, it's the challenges that we face from day to day. It might be uh, the stress from working at a difficult job, um, anxiety from presenting uh, at a school presentation. Um, it might be the stress of moving to a different home. Um, I can tell you all about that one right now. We're moving in about a week. I'll tell you all about that one day. Um, okay, so we talked about what it is. What is it not? There's a lot of misinformation about what mental illness is. Uh, yeah, a lot of misinformation about it. Mental illness is not a personal choice. Nobody ever chooses this. 
We don't do it for personal attention. Um, there's a whole, whole lot more fun way to get attention. It's not a personal weakness. Of all the people that I've met struggling with their mental, mental health, um, I've noted that mental illness is not for the faint of heart. The strongest people that I have met and the people with the most courage are the ones with a mental health diagnosis and uh, get out of bed every morning and fight their battles every day. Incredibly strong people. Mental illness is not what Hollywood portrays, portrays it to be. It's not about straight jackets. It's not about padded rooms. It's not about inhumane electric shock therapy. Um, it's not about violent criminals. In fact, if we're going to look, take a look at all the criminals, most of the criminal activity happens from uh, people who don't, mental health is not an issue when it comes to the uh, criminal activity. If we're going to take a look at the mass shooters, family dysfunction is a much greater indicator of mass shooters than mental health ever, ever is. Uh, mental health is not contagious. So if you just found out that your next door neighbor got a bipolar disorder diagnosis, don't sell your house. Um, you can't catch it. It doesn't work like that. And now for people that have a mental illness or that are, are struggling with a mental health challenge here today. Um, mental illness, it affects our brain, which means that it affects our thinking. And so sometimes what it does, oftentimes what it does, it tries to become a part of us and it uh, convinces us that that is our identity. We start to think, I am depression, I am anxiety because it consumes us. But I'm going to say that mental health is not your identity. Um, I'm going to read this because this is good stuff from Mental Health Grace Alliance. Uh, it says, God never defines you or sees you as an illness. God has lavished you with unmeasured grace. God's grace pours out with love and redefines you as worthy. Grace is now your new constant identity and worth. You are for forever positioned with love, mercy, and grace. And finally, mental, health, mental illness is not your fault and not a personal failure. You are not being cruelly punished or judged for not being enough for God. God is love, and that is his constant nature towards you, because you are worth everything to him. So where does it come from? Uh, very basically, there's two different ways. Um, the first way is genetic. There's a genetic component, which means it can be passed down from, from your family members. So before you start sitting in your chair and thinking about all the different diagnoses in your family tree and thinking, yikes, um, it doesn't really work like that. What it means if you have a genetic tree full of different diagnoses, it doesn't guarantee that you will also have the diagnosis. What it does mean is that you will be at a much greater chance and your risk does go up. Good news is there's protective factors that you can put in place that will safe you, safeguard against those things. Uh, so number one, there's a genetic component. Number two, uh, just circumstances, different things in life. Um, traumatic situations, being in a serious car accident, um, kids being, uh, coming from an abusive situation, domestic violence, um, difficult life situations. Again, if we've had a difficult life, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a mental diagnosis, mental health diagnosis. It does, excuse me, it does mean that your chances of having something is going to go up. Again, good news is there's protective factors that we can put in place. Mental health challenges and mental illnesses can affect everybody. Nobody is immune to it. Um, everybody from children, teens, adults, seniors, um, people from all different walks of life, different cultures, races, men and women, 
women tend to talk about it a bit more often, which makes it look like it affects women more often, but really it affects men and women um, the same. And it also affects Christians. Um, I met a young girl, a young woman in the walk-in clinic probably about two months ago now. Um, she was telling me her story, um, coming from a loving home, mom and dad, a uh, great relationship there, uh, wonderful siblings. She had been homeschooled as a child and now going to a private Christian high school, involved with her church. She talked to me about going to a youth group. Um, and then she also talked about all of the different mental illnesses that, she, that was affecting her. She to talked to me about a host of different symptoms that she experienced. Um, probably about a month ago now, no, it was before I met her, so a couple months ago. Uh, her thoughts were affecting her in such a difficult way. She couldn't trust them anymore. She, it scared her. She ended up calling the police on herself, who took her to the emergency room. Um, so unfortunately, Christians are also affected by mental health issues and mental illnesses. Um, I'm going to take a couple minutes and talk about depression. I've chosen depression because it is... Uh, one of the main ones that affects everybody, it's actually been called the common cold of mental illnesses because it affects so many different people. The age of onset is at childhood, which means um, oftentimes it begins in childhood. That the age has actually been getting lower and lower throughout the years. Nobody really knows why. We haven't been able to put a finger on what's causing our young kids to be diagnosed with a depression. Um, but unfortunately, the number is getting lower and lower. Um, about one in four people will have depression over a course of their lifetime. Uh, we might experience one or two depression, seasons of depression in our life, or it might be a lifelong journey for some, some other people. There are many different types of depression. We've got the major depressive disorder, uh, which is a tough one. It's a deep, dark depression. Um, the saving grace for this one is that it comes in cycles. It'll be about six, eight months where it's really, really difficult. Um, and then it will lift a little bit. And so it'll be about two, three months or so where it's okay, it's more manageable. And then it goes down and it cycles back and forth, back and forth. We have dysthymia, uh, which is considered to be a low-grade depression. Um, the difference with this one is it doesn't cycle like major depressive. Um, it's more of a constant and it's a chronic experience. We have seasonal defective, sorry, a seasonal affective disorder. Um, which is like an intense version of the winter blues. Uh, especially in this area, a lot of people get affected by this because in the winter we do have a lack of sunlight. The sun goes down earlier, um, so we have less hours, throughout the, less hours of daylight throughout the day. And when, we do have, uh, when it is daylight, oftentimes we have cloudy skies, which makes it extra, extra gloomy. And uh, we also have postpartum, uh, postpartum depression. Um, now, new moms can experience a wide variety of different mental illnesses because of those changing hormones right after delivery. The most common one is depression. I met a, uh, a new mom, a new mom again, uh, a few years ago. I met her at a, uh, I was doing a little promo for mental health at this event, and she came up to me really desperate and said, I have to talk to someone, I need to see somebody. So we scheduled an appointment, she came in to see me, and uh, she told me her story. She uh, wonderful, has a wonderful husband, a very uh, loving and supportive family. They had their first son, and uh, she just fell in love with being a mom. And uh, she did all the great things. She was loving and attentive. Baby number two came along, 
and she had a bout of the baby blues. Uh, it was tough, but she was able to shake them with the help of her husband and uh, a supportive family. And um, she was one of those Pinterest moms. You guys know what I'm talking about? The uh, cute little crafts, the great little activities. Uh, she went on outings with her sister and her sister's kids. She just loved being a mom. Um, and then baby number three came. And uh, she just got hit with depression, postpartum depression. And I mean, she got hit hard, really, really hard. Uh, everything changed for her. It was really, really difficult for her to do the things that she needed to. And there was a lot to do. She was a mom of three. Um, so she was having a hard time taking care of her kids, uh, getting food ready, um, difficult uh, bathing them. Her personal hygiene was, was really struggling. And it came to a point um, where one day she was going to pick up the phone, call CAS, and just say, come take away my kids. I can't do it anymore. I just don't want to. CAS will take much better care of my kids. And uh, before she was able to pick up her phone, her sister called. Her sister talked her out of that. Um, she uh, did some problem solving with her husband. And the solution they came, in, came up with was to hire an in-home nanny that would, stay, that would live with them and take care of the kids because she just could not. Um, so what, uh, what she did, she would wake up in the morning. She was able to get breakfast going for the kids. Um, and that's when the nanny came, and then she would go back to bed, and she was in bed because she just could not get up. Um, and that's when I met her, about six weeks after, after number three was, was born. Um, she went to her doctor, got some medication for the depression. She came into therapy with me, and we were able to work through everything. Um, and she, uh, she did really, really well. I met her, I ran into her about a year ago. And um, she was telling me she has made so much improvement, and she's doing really, really well. Um, so there is so much hope for people with depression. Uh, some of the symptoms of depression include withdrawing from people, um, uh, not spending time with family, not spending time with friends. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, some people feel really, really sad. Some people, it affects differently, and they feel really, really angry or irritable. Um, people describe it as feeling really empty or blah. Clinical term right there, feeling blah. Um, it might feel like you're stuck in darkness or a fog, a low energy, sleeping often just like our mom, just not able to get out of bed. Um, memory loss. Remember how I was saying that mental illness affects our brain? Well, the way depression affects our brain is that it changes our hippocampus. Now, our hippocampus is kind of shaped like a horseshoe, and it's at the very center of our brain. And its main job is to, well, it's our memory. It's, um, it takes care of our memory stuff. And uh, depression actually takes it and shrinks our hippocampus to a small size. If we were to do a brain scan of a healthy person and compare it to a brain scan of a person with depression, we would see it's visibly smaller than a healthy person. Um, so memory loss is one of the symptoms of depression because our hippocampus has, has shrunk. Good news is with treatments, uh, either medication or therapy, talking to somebody, the hippocampus grows back to its normal size and memory returns as it once was. Pretty neat stuff. Um, there might be a lack of motivation. Now this is different than laziness. Um, there's a difference between being able to and choosing not to and uh, not being able to, big difference. Um, depression also can, can show up as physical pain. Um, sometimes depression hurts physically. 
So that might mean headaches, uh, joint pain, uh, stomach aches, and things like that. Gold standard treatments for uh, depression is, like I was saying earlier, uh, both medication and uh, seeing a therapist, both at the same time. Uh, gold standard treatments. So when I meet people and they give me a list of their symptoms and tell me what's going on, they often take a deep breath and ask, did I go crazy? Am I crazy? Um, it's a big, big question because all of their experiences are very new and they're very, very scary. And I like to tell them, no, no, you're not, um, for two reasons. First of all, if you're questioning if you're crazy, automatically tells me that, hey, you're doing all right. People who have psychotic episodes, hallucinations, delusions, those types of things, never question their sanity. Um, so if you are able to question if you're crazy or not, you're doing just fine. Second of all, God has designed our body to give us clues when something isn't going right. Like for example, when we get hungry, what do we feel? Our tummy is empty, it starts rumbling, we might feel weak. Those are the symptoms of feeling hungry. Our body does the same way, our, body, our mind does the same thing with, uh, with mental experience as well. So all of those symptoms are just our body telling us, hey, something's up, it's time to make a change. So I say, nope, you are not, not going crazy. Um, so what happens if you're like, well, hey, I might have something, uh, some mental health challenges, what do I do? Uh, two options, you can go to your doctor. I recommend going to the doctor just to rule out anything medical and connect yourself with a therapist um, for some therapy. And it's important that you connect well and have a good relationship with the, with the therapist. Um, quickly going to touch on the protective factors that I mentioned earlier. There's a number of different protective factors and they fall into different categories. Uh, our first category is our physical needs. Um, Sleep, sleep is incredibly important to get enough sleep. For adults, it's usually six to eight hours because if our brain doesn't get the rest it needs, it can't process those emotions and take care of our mental health the way we need it to. Uh, relaxation, learn to manage your stress, whatever that means for you, learn how to take care of that. Nutrition is really, really important. Um, stay away from sugars and processed food as sometimes that can be a trigger for mental illnesses. And uh, exercise, God designed our bodies to be active and to be moving. Um, so ex exercise is really good for our mental health on top of many other things. <clears throat> Excuse me, I read, somewhere, I read somewhere that going for a brisk walk for as little as 10 minutes can improve your mental health and just help you to feel good for up to two hours. And that's a, that's a pretty good payoff. Um, taking care of your mental self is the next category. Uh, like I said earlier, find a counselor that you connect with. It doesn't necessarily, we always say um, as therapists, it's not always super important what kind of modality we use. It's not even super important that we are a very, very good, experienced therapist. What is most important is that the clients connect with us. So if you are going to see a therapist or you're thinking about it and you're like, hey, this is just not working out, I don't feel like we're connecting, you're allowed to say, you know what, it's not working, I'm going to find somebody else. We're not offended by that, we don't take it personally. Um, in fact, we encourage you to do that. So it's really, really important that you connect with the person that you're talking with. Uh, it's important to develop healthy thinking patterns. The Bible has a lot to say about what we think about in our thought patterns. Check what the Bible says about it, um, and, and then follow, the, follow those thinking patterns. 
um, relationships. God designed us to um, be social, to connect with other people, to care for each other's burdens. And so when we are having a mental health challenge or have been diagnosed with a mental illness, it's incredibly important to continue to meet with people. Um, one of the things, remember I was saying about depression, that withdrawal from people is one of the symptoms? I spend a lot of time in session telling people to act the opposite. Um, so when your depression is telling you, don't go be with those group of people, stay alone at home, act the opposite. Be with people, spend time with them. Um, if you're not in a life group yet, connect with Pastor Quentin. He will put you in a life group and uh, point you in the right direction. And uh, as you're feeling more and more stable, able to manage the, the uh, symptoms, look for ways to serve other people. There's a, there's a lot of healing in serving people. And uh, finally, spiritual needs. We all have spiritual needs, and it's incredibly important to, uh, to continue to uh, take care of your spiritual self. Um, at this point, it's really important to focus on your identity. What is your identity in Christ? Your identity is not your, it's not your mental illness, um, but focus on who your identity in Christ is. And uh, keep spending time in prayer. Incredibly important to keep doing that. Um, just a quick plug-in for the uh, mental health um, workshops this week, Saturday. Uh, there's three of them for you to choose. So it's either a depression, anxiety, or children's mental health. Um, there's a sign-up sheet out there. If you're interested for more information or to sign up, please do that. Um, or just show up. That's great, too. Um, thank you very much, everyone.